are jugging crimes and what's the city doing to crack down on them? Plus, Houston is making noise in the latest Best Cities rankings and the 16-year Ashby high-rise drama continues with a new twist. It's Friday, so I'm bringing in Pulitzer Prize finalist Evan Mintz and Electric Houston personality Antrichelle Dorsey to break down all of the news this week in H-Town. Before we get to today's episode, please take a moment to complete our listener survey at citycast.fm survey so we can learn more about you. This information will help us better serve you with CityCast Houston. This survey takes about five minutes and you can do it right there on your phone. And once you complete it, you'll be entered to win a $250 Visa gift card. We need 100 of y'all to complete it, so it'll be really cool if you can help us out. It's Friday, June 9th. I'm Raheel Ramzanali, and here's what Houston's talking about. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, Evan. Good morning, Shell. How's everybody doing? Hey, happy Friday. Oh, I am doing great. We're finally hitting that hot Houston weather, and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's my first question for everyone here. We published an episode yesterday about the perfect summer day in Houston, how to celebrate the first day of summer. What's your first day of summer tradition, Antrichelle? Listen, <laughs> I can't say that I have a first day of summer tradition, but what I can say is I love to run and jump in the pool. Don't sit by it. Don't don't pose by it. Run and jump in it. <laughs> okay, good. Here we go. Play in the pool. Have some fun. How about you, Evan? Oh, I like putting sprinklers out in the front yard and running around in it with my kids. Just utter chaos. You know, like there's no order. There's no real games happening. Kids are getting splashed in the face. People are falling down in the mud. Like that's what I'm looking forward to. Oh, I love, I love it. it. <laughs> I love it. Be active. Get out there. Get wet. Have some fun. All right. We know the drill. The biggest story of the week, most overlooked story, and our moment of joy. So let's jump into it. Ladies first, Antrichelle, what's your biggest story of the week? Listen, the biggest story of the week is huge for me and only because it affects my community and where I come from, as well as other families here in Texas. Uh, the biggest story of the week for me is Harris County will launch a guaranteed income pilot program with a $500 monthly payment. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this new program is called the Uplift, Uplift Harris. And to be eligible for Uplift Harris, families must live below 200% of federal poverty line, which means around $60,000 for a family of four annually or $29,000 for an individual. And this program can launch as early as the fall. Now, People are complaining about this. Some people are excited about this. Um, but I do know that coming out of the pandemic, these guaranteed pro income programs, have they've just become increasingly popular in cities and communities run by elected leaders with a strong democratic lean. Now, I must tell you where this will start. Uh, my where I come from, it will specifically target households and neighborhoods experience persistent poverty, including Sunnyside. Where am I from? I'm from Sunnyside, Texas, baby. And I know firsthand what it's like growing up and living in Sunnyside. This is also uh, geared towards the Gulfton area and Galena Park. All of these communities are highly uh, poverished areas, and uh, this is who they're affecting. Yeah, and it's going to be for 1,500 families to start, and there's going to be a system that's going to randomly pick the 1,500 families. Yep. So 
there's no guarantee that you'll get it but this is a good pilot program to run and uh, the critics already right like you can't just give money to people because now they're not going to work right. other cities have actually launched this program and the results have been really good in terms of families going out you know getting uh, more education yes. being able to get a job because now they can pay for a car or yes. transportation so the results have been positive in other cities as well so i'm interested to see how it's going to affect our communities here in the city of houston evan i'm always i'm always fascinated by projects like this and i'm torn a little bit on one hand research shows that these sorts of uh universal basic income, stabilize people's lives, make it easier for them to do the things that I think larger society views as productive. Get a job, go to school, be there with your kids. On the other hand, this is a one-time infusion of federal dollars. And part of me thinks that that sort of cash could be better spent on one-time projects, infrastructure construction, upkeep, that sort of stuff. At the same time, maybe it just takes that one year of stability for a family to get them to a place where they can be successful for the rest of their lives. See, Evan, I'm so glad that you said that uh, about, you know, where the funds could actually go and it, they could be misused uh, used other places. This program will last for 18 months. And the county paid for the program using $20.5 million from the Federal American Rescue Plan Act. So they were already uh, set aside funds for this. So mm -hmm. I get where you're coming from, but because I am from Sunnyside, Texas, I know what it's like. I thank God for the life that I was able to have. And it's all about the exposure. I had a wonderful family who exposed me to new things. These people who have been experiencing this in other cities, in other places, they have been able to uh, take sick days off. Little little things to us, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They're huge for them. This $500 is, is relieving a, a, a lot of things. They were able to uh, say, okay, yes, I can take a day off of work because I have this money. My child can go to the doctor. One gentleman in this article, if you guys want to look at this, it's in the Houston Chronicle. One gentleman in this article was able to get a better job with this wow. money, right? Yeah. Because he was able to rest. He was able to get educated, a certification, if you will. And now he has a better job thanks to a program like this. So, no, it's not just paying people to be unemployed. It is actually giving them a leg up in, in, mm -hmm. in a manner or in a way that they probably couldn't based upon their area and their childhood. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. That's a really cool program to watch out for. We'll see what the results are and we'll see how it impacts our community as it runs for the next 18 months. And again, the lottery system will get going here, hopefully in the next couple of months. All right, Evan, what was your biggest story of the week? My biggest story of the week is the vote at City Hall on the annual budget. But the big part of that that I think has been getting some well-deserved coverage is that part of the budget is going to help the city maintain drainage culverts. And for decades, the city has said that, well, that's the responsibility of the individual property owner. It's up to you to maintain your ditch. Now the city is saying, nope, we're going to take it on ourselves and we're going to allocate an extra $20 million on top of just the mere $12 million that had been allocated to do this type of worst first analysis of where the worst circumstances are throughout the city and then fixing it. This really is a much needed step. Too much of the budget, and as I'm saying this as the Ike Dyke guy, you know, too much attention is on these huge big projects which are necessary, but often in your day-to-day -day life on those floods that seem to happen every single year, 
these are the things that can really help people feel safe in their homes. Now, I'm in West U, and we've got some pretty good flood infrastructure there, but we just had a local election. And afterwards, I was talking to city council members, and they were saying, you know, we really need to rethink our big capital plans that are coming down. We want to build a new city hall. We want to build a new fire station. But people are worried about flooding. And that really has to be issue number one. So thank you to Mayor Turner and city council for arguing for this to make sure that the city is taking responsibility for the things that we think it should be responsible for. And thank you for adding that extra funding to the local drainage program. Nice. Really good stuff there. And again, things that impact your everyday lives. Good to see that those are actually getting done. Mm -hmm. And because of those things getting done, guess what? My biggest story, Houston was named the ninth best city in America and number 42 in the world. Top 50 city, baby. What? That's what I like to hear. Listen, we already know. (laughs) So the ranking comes from World's Best Cities, a website that compiles this data and uses factors like culture, the food scene, of course, the cost of living, how many Fortune 500 companies are in the area, and all that factored into having Houston as a top 10 city in America. Do y'all want to guess some cities that were ahead of us? Who cares? <laughs> we coming for you. Who are you? Let's see who they are. <laughs> New York was number one, of course, because of the New York bias. Everyone yeah, loves yeah, New yeah. York. <laughs> Chicago was number two. Uh-huh. All right. That's not too bad. L.A. came in at three. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco, Washington, D.C. Miami was at number six. Boston was at number seven. I would rather live in Houston than Boston. Seattle was eight, and Houston came in at nine. Dallas came in at 15. Mm. So just beating Dallas again we like it's no big deal. We always beat Dallas. I don't know why they think yeah, Dallas is such a big deal. It ain't. It's not even competition right now. Argue with your mom. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> From the rankings, Houston actually had the fourth best food scene, and I will argue it's number one because number of the diversity. One. The mm-hmm. ease to get to the restaurants, no, the parking issues. Would you rather go to a restaurant in New York or in Houston? Houston Easier in Houston. All day. Mm-hmm. There we go. All day. So just making some uh, national and world noise. Any thoughts? Excitement. I mean, we know what it is. We from here. We're born and bred here. We know how dope it is here. I mean, listen, we still here. <laughs> No, it always drives me nuts. This happens every now and then. I'm going to New York. I'm going to D.C. And people are like, oh, Houston. Yeah, what's it like being, you know, in a small town like that? And I just want to, like, glare at them. Like, Houston is a huge city, a huge region. That's why I get a little pleasure. Say I have to go to Oklahoma City. Say I got to go to Albuquerque. And I tell people I'm from Houston. They're like, oh, Houston. Well, we don't have everything that Houston has, but we're a nice little place. Right. Just you got to put things in perspective. All right, let's get to our most overlooked story of the week. Andrew Show, what you got for us? Listen, piggybacking off of that wonderful story about Houston being a top ten best, we do have to look at something that we need to look. Uh, we need to pay attention to. Houston skyscrapers make it uh, the tallest city in Texas. But guess what? Austin is closely on our heels now. 
According to this article, if you stacked up all of the skyscrapers in Houston, they'd rise to more than 1,000 feet higher than Mount Everest. I thought that was so wonderful because everybody talks about how big Mount Everest is. I've never been and I'm not going. But to know that Houston <laughs> is 1,000 a, a feet higher than Mount Everest makes me excited. But studies are showing that Austin is coming in at number two. But what they're working on right now, their buildings are approaching a thousand feet uh, or t uh, higher, and that can be completed by 2026. We don't have much time, Houston. We got three years to make it happen. What are we gonna do? We're not gonna do anything. I don't think there's any <laughs> big. I don't think we have any plans for any new uh, big buildings, huh? No, we got to get don't. on top of that. We right. can't let Austin have the tallest tower in Texas. We can't let it happen. Chase Tower downtown, so tall. Can we put a spire on top just to like <laughs> cheat our way out of this? You know, like Empire State Building has a great spire on top. Let's just put something on top of it. We'll put like an elevator in it. You can go to the top. There's an observation deck, a restaurant. Let's just do that. We need so at least to do we can something. keep this. Agreed. I know. <laughs> Well, and also, I think one of the overlooked parts is like, how do you measure like all the tall towers in Houston? Because we got downtown, yeah, but then you've got all these tall towers in like the Galleria area, and yeah. then you've got all these in the museum district, and then you've got all these out in the energy corridor. Like, we don't have just that one downtown with all the skyscrapers. We've got a lot of different skyscrapers. You just drive down any freeway, you're like, boom, skyscraper, boom, skyscraper. It doesn't make any sense. I love it. One thing I can tell you is that the company tallied up collective height of tall buildings and cities across the state to determine the ranking. And the people who did this, as you said, the study was by Texas Real Estate Source. And that's a brokerage mm. and website focused on real estate. So that's where we got this data from. I must tell you, uh, yesterday, my husband and I were driving uh, down 59 and we came across the Houston skyline. And my child said, look. We're in New York and we looked and smiled and said, <laughs> no, baby, we're here in Houston, you know, <laughs> but I thought that that was great. I think it was absolutely wonderful. Our skyline is great. But Austin, we coming for you. My eight year old does the same thing. Anytime we cross over any of the big bypasses and you just see all of downtown, it's a, it's one of those moments you go, wow, look at downtown. Mm -hmm. It looks so awesome. Beautiful. It's a beautiful downtown. It, it looks it great. Is. So, it is. hey. Austin, take the title. No big deal. Keep Austin corporate. All right. You know that? Yeah, keep Austin corporate. It's not the Austin that we all grew up no, with. No, it's not. It is not. It is not. But go ahead. Evan, what you got for us? What was your most overlooked story of the week? Most overlooked story of the week is another lawsuit against the Ashby High Rise. This fight is 16 years old, speaking of trying to build skyscrapers. I mean, this fight is old enough to drive at this point. Right now, neighbors around this proposed tower in the museum district are suing, saying the developer isn't following the rules that were laid out in a 2012 agreement between the city and the developer, more than 10 years old. Now, the developers of this tower have said like, well, we've tried to accommodate local demands. We've made it shorter, there are fewer units in it, and we got rid of a ground level restaurant because of the impacts on traffic. It just seems like the people opposing this tower are shooting themselves in the foot. Who wouldn't love a nice little neighborhood restaurant? Like, why do you want to get rid of that? And they've also said that, well, the designs for the pedestrian plaza around the tower aren't as big as they originally said, and they're going to get in the way of the pedestrian realm laid out by the city, the city right of way. Anyone who goes up and down Bissonette, tell me where this sidewalk is. 
Tell me where this pedestrian realm is. The city, in all honesty, does a really bad job of walkable infrastructure. Go around the Rice Hotel, go around the River Oaks District. When you let private developers uh, lay this out, they often do a much better job than the city. This whole fight feels like something so anathema to the Houston way. They own the land. They're not hurting anyone. Build the tower. It's a high demand, high wealth neighborhood. We should be putting more housing there, not less. At this point, the Ashby high rise is just a meme now, right? Like oh, yeah. uh, the bumper stickers, I've seen it. Seriously, you're right. Like it's, it's been 16 years. You see it all the time. And you're like, is this even a thing now? Or is this just a meme that everyone just <laughs> runs with? I will say there was one part of the story that really stood out to me. It's that one of the people who opposed the development of the Ashby High Rise said, gosh, well, can't they just put in some nice townhouses and we'll be okay with that? You go to any other city that's having a fight over housing and it's the townhouses that people oppose. Like that's how far along we mm. are in being a bunch of yimbies, yes, in my backyards. And it makes me a little, a little happy to see that, even as I wish they would just build the Ashby High Rise already. Like, clearly we're further along than other cities. What happens first? Humans get to Mars or the Ashby High Rise is built? <laughs> <laughs> All right, my most overlooked story of the week, and this is a good one in terms of cracking down on crime. HPD is now going to be focusing on jugging crimes. If you don't know what jugging is, it's when criminals will hang out at banks and then follow citizens home after they you know, withdraw money or they're at a high-end business and they buy something, they'll follow you home, sometimes up to 30 minutes, an hour, and then will rob you once you get to your destination, your house, your friend's house, wherever it may be. So jugging crimes are on the rise in the city of Houston. They've been a problem in Fort Bend before. And uh, here in Fort Bend, they, they've actually put together a task force and cracked down on it. I know several people who were impacted by this where they were followed home from their businesses and maybe they had large sums of cash and they get robbed at home. So jugging crimes are on the rise in the city of Houston, but HPD is fighting back. They're going to be partnering up with other enforcement departments and investigation divisions, and they'll be patrolling a lot more. So good to see that they are cracking down on this because it is a huge issue. Listen, I, I agree and I'm excited about this, but I need to know who called this jugging? This is robbery. Why do mm -hmm. we need a name for it? This is just straight up <laughs> robbery. <laughs> this is Yeah, I don't know the origins of the name, okay, but it, I guess it's that? a different type of robbery, right? Like no. you just it's a long form <laughs> robbery. It is robbery, period. It's like I, it, I mean, listen, I, I can't even <laughs> describe it because they you robbing folks, period. You, it's the Jack boys. Like, what is it? It is robbery. This well, name, it's not judging? necessarily robbery because I have to go back and reassess my, my terminology. But often there's a difference between robbing where you go into a building to get money that's already there versus uh stealing something from someone who is, you know, outside of a building with it. And if you look at the way that our legal code is laid out, our criminal code is laid out, there are different punishments and different definitions for different sorts of crimes, for different sorts of thefts. Well, color me educated child, because it was, oh, you take some from me, you're stealing, and I'm going to handle mm -hmm. it accordingly, okay? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I, I'm glad to see this focus 
uh, on the events themselves, because I think all too often our political debate is uh, focused on trying to make the harshest punishments possible when we get people. We think that'll show them, that'll stop anyone from doing this. And what the research shows is that it really doesn't. It's not the severity of the punishment, it is the certainty of getting caught. And if you have HPD really putting focus on trying to catch people who do this, like one, it creates a disincentive because you know you won't get away with it. And two, often a large number of crimes are committed by a small number of people. If you get those few individuals, it really solves the crime problem. All right, let's get to our moment of joy. What sparks some happiness inside your soul? Andrew Shell, come on. Listen, you know the way to my heart is a good food, and I'm excited to announce that Bun B's Trill Burger has a brick and mortar spot. It brings me so much joy to know that I can pull up and give me a burger. Now I'm gonna have to stand in line because Trill Burger yeah. is popular, darling. But it is here. And not only did uh, Trill Burger open this week, it is bringing out all of the celebrities. Uh, it is going viral right now. Ludacris, ATL rapper Ludacris came down to take his first bite of the Trill Burger. They got it on TikTok. It is going crazy. And this uh, this opening this week has been bringing out a lineup of who, who's who's Houston rappers, Slim Thug, Willie D of the Ghetto Boys. and I mean, it's just... You just want to go over there to have a burger and to see your favorite Houston celebrities. Now, I know, Rahia, I don't think you've had a, have you had a, a Trill Burger bite before? Not yet. Not yet. Because I, yeah, I'm, I'm an elitist. I hate waiting in lines. <laughs> I will not wait in lines for food. Uh, there's nothing mm-hmm. that good when I'm waiting in line for that long. But I will go now that the brick and mortar is open and once they get that service speed down, I am all about it. And you know the best part about where it's located right there on Shepherd, you can make a great day out of it. You can walk right down to Cactus mm-hmm. Music, pick up mm-hmm. some vinyls, pick up, why don't you pick up some uh, albums, all right? Support Bum B yes. and get some music as well. It's right there and it's, it's a cool area to be in. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we should do, ooh, idea. Maybe we should do a CityCast Houston lunch break and do it at Trill Burger. Let's do it. And we'll that it way, up. you do not have to wait in Lyra Hill. You know, you're a little bougie. They will bring it straight to us off the grill because you cannot <laughs> yeah. eat a Trill Burger uh, uh, cold. You got to eat it straight off the grill. That's how Bun B serves it. So yes. maybe we should do that. And maybe we'll do that for the social medias. <laughs> yeah, we have to do it. We have to do it. So congratulations to Bun B, the mm-hmm. entire team there with Trill Burgers for opening up that brick and mortar and converting that James Coney Island. Yep. James Coney yep. Island. R.I.P. Yep. I miss it. R. I love R. James Coney Island. That's but a good you know, old hot dog. Times change, places change. I do have to say, I saw on social media, I don't know if it's true, but it's a good story, that people are driving up in their fancy cars and their lowriders and getting them stuck on the driveway into the burger joints. That is just, it's a really bad little driveway from the street into the parking lot. It's a little too steep, and people in their lowriders are getting them caught up there. Uncle now, Bob, I don't know if this is true. I didn't see it myself, but I saw folks making reference to it, and I want to see a follow-up. I want to see what's going on over there. Bad. That's if the lowriders can make it through all the construction on Shepherd. I know. Like, <laughs> that, that's that's a dangerous drive there. It is. It Uncle is. Bob, we got to fix that driveway. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Love it. Evan, how about you? What was your moment of joy? Oh, my moment of joy was seeing the Saudis offer us all a nice little lollipop. That They are sweetening prices for oil traders by cutting their production. Not all of OPEC is doing it, just Saudi Arabia. And thanks to these high oil prices that they're maintaining, Texas has the revenue to keep funding our schools. Texas has the revenue to pay for these property tax cuts that the state says they want to do. When I see this happen, I go, yeah, keep us in business, Saudi Arabia. Better you keep prices high than keep them too low. There you go. There you go. Good for Houston. Good for Houston. All right. My final one, my moment of joy. We've talked about this website so much and we actually have an episode with Houston Landing, but the website has officially launched and we've got some great local reporting, community reporting now up. Houston Landing is live and one of their stories to start off the week, it's a complaint that I've always had. They looked at the high prices of parking at the medical center and just how crazy it can get when you are there to support a loved one or taking a loved one to get medical care and just how expensive it can be. They had a great story on that. They had a really good story about what to do this summer with your kids and so many different options for kids in Houston uh, because summers can be boring. A lot of activities to be had. There's a lot of good local reporting, so please check them out. Houston Landing has officially launched and it's gonna be one of my daily stops when I'm getting the latest on Houston news. So congratulations to their whole team. No, congrats to them. That was a great story and they have a wonderful quote in it from the CEO of the Texas Medical Center. We run a parking business here and that really is what the Texas Medical Center does. All the individual hospitals, they do the research, the doctors there, they do great work, but the TMC itself, it's about parking. Yep. At the end of the day, it's all about that parking spot. All right, that will do it for today. Andrew Shell, thank you so much. Evan, thank you so much. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you down the road. See ya. Talk to you later. That was Evan Mintz and Andrew Shell Dorsey. You can find all the stories we talked about in our show notes. Before we go, do you have a friend who's always complaining about how they have nothing to do in Houston? Well, send them our podcast so we can help them take full advantage of everything our city has to offer. Just hit the share button on your podcast player app or head to houston.citycast.fm. That's all for this week on CityCast Houston. Our lead producer is Dina Kespa. Our producer is Carleon Jones. Our newsletter editor is Brooke Lewis. And the host is me, Raheel Ramzanali. Our music is by the band All The Kimonos. We'll be back on Monday with a look at why the city keeps ticketing a group for helping the unhoused community. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. All the Kimonos is me, Raheel Ramznali, and our music is by the band All the Kimonos.